Welcome to this podcast of worship for Christmas Day from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. I hope that for all that this is the strangest Christmas many of us will ever have, it's also one in which you can find the light and love of God. As is traditional at Seal, I'll be telling a story in place of a sermon in this service. The link to the sermon I preached last night can be found on the church website, along with a video of that service. The story in today's podcast is the first of a series, which I'll be releasing through the 12 days of Christmas. It's a selection of those I've told on Christmas Day in church. So check back on the website each day from about five o'clock onwards for that day's story. However you're celebrating in this season, I hope that you'll know the presence of God with you as you do and that you'll know the joy of Christmas. Thank you to Vanessa Griffiths and Kevin Bright for our readings today and the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our carols.
Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. During this season of Christmas tide, we're reminded that Christ is the light of the world, the light that shines in the darkness, and no darkness could overcome it. And so we have confidence to bring to God the darkness in ourselves, the things which we regret or feel ashamed of, knowing that God always loves and will forgive us. The Bible says the Son of Righteousness has dawned with healing in his wings. And so let us come to the light of Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith, saying together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, your birth at Bethlehem draws us to kneel in wonder at heaven touching earth. Accept our praise as we worship you, our Saviour and our eternal God. Amen. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 7 to 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices, together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came 
for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's my custom at SEAL to tell a story at our morning service on Christmas Day instead of preaching a sermon, and this year will be no exception. In fact, there'll be even more stories this year, because if you check back on our website any time after five o'clock, from Boxing Day to January the 6th, you'll find an audio recording of one of those stories I've told in the past, a different one each day to take us through the 12 days of Christmas, so you can listen to them whenever you want to. Anyway, here is this year's story, and it's the story of Brother Froilan. There was once a monk called Brother Froilan. He lived in Cantabria, in northern Spain, way back in the 9th century, over a thousand years ago. In that part of Spain, although there were Christians like Froilan in some of the towns and cities, the Christian faith was unknown to the people who lived in the high mountains, where communities were isolated and life was hard. Brother Froilan felt that God was calling him to go and serve these people and bring the good news of his love to them. So, full of faith and energy, his brother monks sent him off, and he set off quite alone into the most distant parts of that rugged and mountainous terrain. Eventually he found himself a good spot, just outside a little village, and built a small, simple hut to live in. It was very basic, but it would do. And surely, he thought, the villagers would be as excited by the story of God's love as he was, and would be eager to hear it, eager to know that God welcomed them and loved them that they were part of his family. 
but it wasn't so. Their lives were tough and busy. It was enough of a struggle just to get by, never mind listening to Froilan's new ideas or thinking about the deeper things in life. They were suspicious of him, as they would have been of any newcomer. They didn't get very many visitors, and it usually wasn't good news when they did. Tax collectors, soldiers, invaders, nothing good ever came of it. And what did Froilan have to offer them that they needed anyway? He didn't even know how to raise animals and grow crops like they did. No one was interested in Froilan. The villagers ignored him completely, treated him as if he just wasn't there. Froilan became very sad and dejected. He felt like a fool. What was the point? Why had he ever come here? What did he think he was doing? He was wasting his time. Day after day, Froilan sat outside his little hut, saying his prayers, asking God whether he shouldn't just give up and go back down the mountain to where there were people who wanted to hear his message. As he prayed, he whittled away with his knife at small twigs and branches that he'd picked up here and there. He was good at carving. It was the only practical thing he was good at, but what use was it? Still, he didn't like to have idle hands, so he carved as he prayed, and he prayed as he carved. One day, as he was praying and carving, he was so deep in his own misery that he didn't notice a couple of pair of eyes peeping through a nearby bush. He didn't notice as first one small child from the village, and then another, and another, and another, crept closer and closer towards him. He didn't notice until one of them suddenly piped up. Here, mister, what are you making? Froilan looked up with a start. There in front of him was a cluster of grubby-looking children from the village who'd been watching his hands as they carved away at the wood. Froilan was so surprised he didn't know what to say at first. He looked down at his hands. He'd been so lost in his prayers that he didn't really know what he'd been carving. But there in his hands was a woman, and straight away he knew who she was. This, he said to the children, is Mary. Who's she then? they asked. Froilan picked up another bit of wood and began to carve again, as he told them about this woman who lived in a town called Nazareth and was good and kind. And then one day, he said, God sent an angel to her. What's an angel? the children asked. A messenger from God, strange and beautiful, said Froilan, like this. And he showed them the winged creature he'd been carving as he talked. He picked up a third bit of wood. The angel told Mary she was expecting a baby, who she would call Jesus. He would be the son of God, and he would show people how much he loved them. But first, the angel had to tell Joseph, the man Mary was going to marry. And at that point, Froilan produced from his expert hands the figure of a man. Froilan carried on carving and talking, talking and carving, as he explained how Mary and Joseph had had to travel to Bethlehem because of the whim of a distant ruler who wanted to know how many people he had in his lands and extract some money out of them, even if they didn't have any. The children understood that. Their parents had complained about that sort of thing often enough. 
But when Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem, said Froilan, there was no room. And when the child was born, he had to be put down to sleep in a manger, an animal's feeding trough, in a room shared with animals. The children understood that too. Many of them shared their homes with animals and had to bed down wherever they could find a space. Then Froilan carved some sheep and some shepherds, who they recognised because their families kept sheep on the hillsides too. They were the first to hear the news of Jesus' birth, said Froilan. The angels told them as well. What? Ordinary shepherds, like our mums and dads, like us? That's right, said Froilan. Finally, he carved some strangely dressed foreigners bearing gifts. The children had never seen their like before. They peered at them this way and that way. Froilan told them how they'd come from a long way away to see the child. As far away as you came from? No, much further than that, said Froilan. But Mary and Joseph welcomed them too, even though they seemed so strange. That was the message Jesus came to bring, that God loved everyone, whether they were poor or rich, from nearby or far away. Whoever you were, you were welcome, said Froilan. The children were enthralled, and the next day they came back and asked Froilan to tell them the story again. But they insisted he carved a whole new set of figures as he did so, and the next day they were back again with the same request. Day after day they came to Froilan, until soon he had so many sets of nativity figures in his hut he could hardly move. The feast of Christmas was coming near. Froilan knew it would be a sad and lonely Christmas for him. He usually celebrated it in church with his brother monks in the town where he'd come from, but there'd be no one to celebrate with up here in the mountains. Apart from these children, no one knew or cared about his Christian feast. But then Froilan thought of those children, and he had an idea. On Christmas Eve, as darkness descended, he loaded all the figures he'd made into a bag and he set out quietly around the village. All night long he worked, going from one house to another, one street to another, around the fields and the farms, as quietly as he could so no one would notice him. In the morning, the morning of Christmas Day, but a morning just like any other to the villagers, of course. Everyone opened their doors, and they found that on the doorstep or the windowsill or in a niche in a wall or in the crook of a tree, there were little figures, a tiny woman, a man, a baby, a winged creature, a shepherd, a sheep, an exotic foreigner with a gift in his hands, scattered all over the village. What on earth was it about? They had no idea. But of course, the children knew. This one is Mary, said one of the children, finding a little woman. And here's Joseph, said another. Who, said their parents? The children told them about how they had nowhere to stay, nowhere to have their baby. These are shepherds, just like us, who heard a wonderful message when they were out in their fields by night. And here's the angel that came from God with good news, said the children. And these, these are foreigners from far away, who were made welcome, even though they were so very different from Mary and Joseph. 
the children's eyes shone with excitement as they gathered up all the little figures and told the story to their parents again and again. They'd heard it so often from Fräulein that it had become their own story, a story about their fears and hopes and dreams. And as they told it, in their own words, from the heart of their own lives, their parents listened as they never would have done to Fräulein, and they heard its message of hope for themselves. And before long, Fräulein found that both he and his message were welcomed and respected in that village and the villages all around it, and he was never forgotten. And in time he became known as Saint Fräulein, and still to this day he's the patron saint of Cantabria, celebrated in those mountains where he first told the story of the love of God. Amen.
Let us pray. Loving Lord, you have promised in Christ that you come to us where we are. Your Son was born and lived among us, the Word made flesh, healing the sick, binding up the broken-hearted, dying and rising to draw us close to you. Bless us as we celebrate Christ's birth once again, wherever we are. We may be scattered, separated from those we love, anxious about the future, grieving for the past, but you are with us. As you came to us then, in the mess of a stable, and the mess of a world where oppression and injustice were rife, come to us now, in the mess of our modern lives, and be the word that speaks hope once again to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for your world giving thanks for its beauty and rich variety. Help us to treasure it and all the creatures who call it home as your gift. We pray for those who suffer poverty, hunger and warfare, for those who, like the Holy Family, are homeless refugees. Help us to make this world a safe home for all, to welcome one another as you have welcomed us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for this community, giving thanks for all who work to draw it together, to shine with the light of Christ in this place. Bless our families, friends and neighbours, and show us how to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are sick in body, mind or spirit. We pray for those in hospital or sick at home and those who care for them. And for all who are working through this season for the good of others. We pray for those who are lonely or anxious, that they'll be surrounded by your peace. And we lift before you any who are on our hearts today.
comfort those who suffer, strengthen those who care. Remind us all that yours is a light which no darkness can put out. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, at Christmas we celebrate the moment when heaven touched earth and earth touched heaven in the birth of Christ, bringing in a new kingdom of love and hope. We give you thanks that earth and heaven joined in the song of the angels in celebration of the Saviour's birth and pray for those who have gone before us into the fullness of your presence, asking that we might rejoice with them in glory, both now and in eternity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. During this season of Christmastide, we remember that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name reminds us that even though we may be separated from one another, we are united in God, who holds us all in his hands. The Bible says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the Prince of Peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us pray. God, our Father, your word has come among us in the Holy Child of Bethlehem. May the light of faith illumine our hearts and shine in our words and deeds through him who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And now Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with peace and goodwill and make you to share in the divine nature. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.